Old cops never die hard, they just fade away. In this episode, we discuss Good Day to Die Hard. Everyone and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. So, guys, how you been? <laughs> no, no, you no. gotta say your name. No, no. Uh, what a day I've had. No, I, no, no. Who are you? Wait a minute. I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> there we go. And right over here, who am I? Elliot Kalin, your humble narrator. How you For guys as doing? Stuart, Dan, and Elliot sat down to record tonight's podcast. Oh boy, there was an eerie <laughs> mystery in the air. The mystery of the punctured clock. I don't know. With clues that would take them all the way to the dreary docks, where old man McBarnacle would tell them the story of the mystery of the random rock. It would take them all the way to City Hall for the mystery of the missing file. Oh, man. Somebody call. Where they would talk to Mayor McCheese (laughs) for the mystery of the high cholesterol. Somebody call Alfred Hitchcock's The Three Investigators. Am I right, guys? Nope. <laughs> okay. The mystery of the lame reference. A <laughs> uh, Dan McCall <Solved>. mystery. <laughs> so. Case closed. So, uh, as you were saying. This is the flop house. We talk about mysteries. No. Nope. Tonight not. the mystery is. What a happened movie. to the Die Hard franchise? <laughs> because this is a bad movie podcast, and tonight we watched. A what good is, day. What does that mean? A to bad die movie hard. podcast. Yeah, what's a bad movie? What's Do we a make podcast? a bad poop? Bad movie every episode. <laughs> bad poop. Is that what you were gonna say? It was hey, not let's make fun Ellie for a while for misspeaking. <laughs> ah, hoist by my own on my it own petard. So infrequently. Um, and I'm sure I said the hoist petard phrase wrong, so everyone correct okay. me on that too. No, uh, this is a movie where we all watch a bad movie together. It's a movie where we do that. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> this is a podcast. Turnabout is fair play. Where we watch a movie together, a bad one probably, mm-hmm. and then we talk about it afterwards. And we saw another bad one tonight. Mm-hmm. Our record, I think, is <laughs> is two and four hundred. I think on movies we liked uh, and bad. Spoiler ones. alert! I thought it was three. I thought we liked Journey to the Mysterious Island. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Well, I Bratz was the other one I mentioned. Yep, and Stolen. Oh, and Stolen was pretty fun, actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we watched... And you know what? 12 Rounds has its moments. 10,000 BC. Terrible. The worst. Seven pounds. No good. Nah, bad. Bad A good stuff. day to die hard. We'll get to that. We're about to find out. So, Dan, uh... what movie did we watch this tonight? This is the latest in the Chronicles of John McClane. Yep. Um... The McClaneicles. <laughs> so, you may recall John McClane from Die Hard. You may also recall him from Die Hard 2, Die Harder. There's uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Number three, Die Hard with a Vengeance. And then there's, a, uh, what was it? Uh, Live, Live Free or, or Die, Die Hard. Is a movie four. based on a license plate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this is a good day to die hard. And but it was actually a bad day to watch a movie. <laughs> boy. And uh, boy thanks, howdy. Gene, <laughs> thank you, Gene Shalit. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing you would it's say a, if you reviewed this movie. This is a regular under siege set in Russia. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> John McClane is your typical like, Casey Ryback like, character. It's like speed on a Russia. <laughs> yeah. It's like M. Night Shyamalan's devil, but they're all in a Russia. You mean elevator? You mean it should have been called elevator. Devil in a blue Russia? Uh, yes, during Denzel Washington. So, is that so we, the one where he's fighting a demon? No, that's... Ascension, I think it's called. No, it's Fallen. Fallen. Look, I knew it was about vertical movement. Mm-hmm. About Devlin the demon a- that can jump from body to body. Similar to a elevator. Ro- sings a Rolling Stones song all the time. Yeah. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress was a period mystery. Yeah. Based on what? the Walter Mosley series of Easy Rollins The mystery novels. was, what's a period? <laughs> and Denzel Washington sat down with his mom, and his mom explained it to him. Yeah. Very embarrassing. <laughs> Very awkward. It's kind of <laughs> like a comma. Uh, so, Daniel... <laughs> So, should we say what happens in this movie? A Probably good, not. A good day to fly bard? Probably not, indeed. <laughs> Probably not, indeed. Oh, boy. A good day to die hard. We open in Moscow, Russia, where a corrupt Russian official mm-hmm. is incriminating a political prisoner named Komarov. Uh, 
who was some sort of Billy Connolly government with impersonator. <laughs> Not or something. at all. He's just a guy with a beard. <laughs> Not everyone with a beard is a Billy Connolly impersonator. That's why around Christmas you think they're Billy Connolly's flooding the streets for yeah. goodwill. No, they're Santa's helpers. Yeah. Not Billy Connolly's it. helpers. Because I'm always asking him for uh, head of the class trivia. And <laughs> sure. <laughs> What's Arvid really like? <laughs> Tell me what it was like to make Fido. <laughs> what was it like to be robbed of your greatest gift? Your your talkativeness, you know. Sure. Anyway, and so forth. Uh, this guy is gonna, this guy Kamarov's going to get a, an unfair trial, but he's offered a, by this, the, by Chagarin, the other guy. Mm-hmm. He says, "If you hand over a secret file, I'll let you go." Bum bum bum. What's in this file? We Smash don't know. Cut. We go to we're in New York, where Jack McLean. No, no, John McLean. John McLean. Is Jesus in, Christ! Oh, we Come see on. something before this. That uh, America's hero, John McClane. <laughs> well, no, Jack McClane, John McClane's son, walks <laughs> right. into a nightclub and shoots somebody. Yeah, and says that Komarov was involved or something. Meanwhile, John McClane, NYPD cop turned part-time superhero, full-time dad, except not. It turns out he's not a good dad. Uh, is in a shooting range where a friend of his, I guess, yeah. tells him that his son, Jack McClane, is in Russia on trial for murder, <laughs> and uh, he should go get him, I yeah. guess. Where Officer Exposition shows up yeah. with, with a file. Esposito. And, and, uh, and a plane ticket, probably. Yeah. yeah. And, and or a, I don't know, a train pass? I don't know. It's hard to take a train to Russia from New York. If it was the World of Total Recall, the remake... Mm-hmm. You it could just still take probably wouldn't happen. The Corovator, yeah, yeah, from the colonies and the Empire, England. Mm-hmm. I don't get that part. Anyway, he goes to Russia where he meets a friendly cab driver who sings a little bit to him in the best and only enjoyable scene in the movie for the most yeah. part. Uh, it is. It made me realize more than an action movie. I think I would have liked to have seen a movie about Bruce Willis as an aging American cop, literally on vacation in Russia. Just interacting with Russians and kind of getting yeah. mixed up, and sort of a, 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 a real before sunset. Type one, one of those, yeah, exactly. Like a reverse Moscow on the Hudson kind of deal. Yeah, Hudson on the Moscow, <laughs> yep. the exact opposite. <laughs> he goes to Russia to start his own police force. <laughs> he defects, and there's hilarious mishaps because he's a lovable old New York so character. A, oh, that sounds pretty good. Like a police academy goes to Moscow. <laughs> yeah, they did that though. Oh. It's called Mission to Moscow. Oh, wait, hold on. Moscow Nights? No, it wasn't Moscow Nights. Was it White Nights? No, and it was not Mini and Mouskowitz either. <laughs> was it Knight Riders, George Romero's uh, retelling of the Arthurian legend With on motorcycles? motorcycles? No, it was not that. <laughs> okay. Neither was it Night in the City. Wait, this is weird that I asked Night you of the Demons. whether it was that <laughs> thing. you knew what it was. I told you what the plot of that was. And it wasn't First Night with Sean Connery. It wasn't Dragon Night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> None of those so things. So we know what it was. It was from the Crips, Demon Night. <laughs> it was not. Neither was it Bordello of Blood. See, we're like the carver who like chips away everything in the marble that's not an elephant, you know? Like we're like telling you what good day Why is there are. an elephant inside that marble? What <laughs> madman is encasing elephants in marble? Killing First them. First off, they're called manix. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are mammoths, not elephants. Mm. <laughs> like that the I... one thing we remember about 10,000 000- 10,000 BC is what they call mammoths in it. You're going to need to draw me a sketch on that piece of paper that's in front of you. No, it's necessary for later. Anyway, John McClane goes to Russia. He goes to the courthouse where his son is about to go on trial. His son's going to turn state's evidence uh, to get off the charges against this guy, Kamenov, uh, Kamarov. But, uh-oh, there's a terrorist attack on the courthouse. It seems like dozens of people are killed. They're going to try to to kidnap Komarov and Jack mm-hmm. McClane, but they've already escaped. And they John have, McClane's like, not again. Oh, not, not again. And he keeps saying, I'm on my vacation, yeah. which he's not. He went there expressly to get his son, who's mixed up with some sort I mean, of criminal technically stuff. Technically, he's probably using vacation days to do it. I would think so, but that doesn't make it a vacation. It's a working vacation, let's yeah. say. Yeah. He wasn't going to relax in sunny Russia. It's the same way, like, if you took vacation days off to take care of, like, a sick parent— you wouldn't be like, yeah. oh, it's my vacation. Yeah. Like you have a purpose that you're doing. Shut up about your ventilator, Dad. It's like if Richard Grieco... I'm on a break. <laughs> it's like if Richard Grieco and if Looks Could Kill kept calling that a vacation when, in fact, he was mm. on a school trip, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's kind of a school vacation. <laughs> Man, what point, if we watched If Looks Could Kill? The point night? is, Linda Hunt had a necklace that was a whip. <laughs> <laughs> and, there were see- and there were x-ray glasses that could see through ladies' clothes. Yeah. Sure. And one of those ladies whose clothes he got seen through... Gets shot by a missile launcher mm-hmm. and is totally roasted. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's a, well, movie, a movie built for 13-year-old boys. Yep, and speaking of which, A Good Day to Die Hard. Starring a 30-year-old teenager, played by Richard Grieco. <laughs> Not actually Greek. Now, there... Uh, Not John, actually Richard. John McClane is running around, and he runs into his son, and he says, Jack! And Jack's like, Dad? And mm-hmm. ja- and he's like, get away from here. And John McClane's like, what are you doing with your life? I'm here to save you. And he's like, I don't need you, blah, blah, blah. They get into a and big... He, and he points a gun at his dad. He points a gun at his dad and says, Dad, back off. He drives away with Komarov, the bearded old man. Mm. Uh, so they're in a truck, Jack McClane and Komarov, being chased by the bad guys in some kind of military megaforce super truck. And then behind that is John McClane in a series of vehicles that he steals from people. Yeah. Yeah, trying... he like punches yeah. out a civilian at one point. Yeah. <laughs> who's like, Who's like... Like angry at him because he's crashed into his car or something, and like he's talking in Russian. He's like, and John McClane's just like, I don't understand you, and punches him and takes his car. Which if all this caught was, on dashboard cam. If this was a satire, it would be a trenchant one about how America deals with the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand you. Punch to the face. Instead, it's this dumb, stupid, diehard movie. Yeah, it's a part that is clearly in there for the audience to cheer. It's like, yeah, hit that ruski. Take that commie. <laughs> it's there's so much of this movie that stick that hammer and sickle up your tuchus. <laughs> it's a Jewish. Guy say this? Yeah. There's so much in this movie that would have made sense if the movie was made in 1987. Like, if this was an Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know... Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren Lundgren type movie, yeah. Where Dolph Lundgren plays Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Yeah, <laughs> even though they're roughly the same age. <laughs> really? I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not that much older than but Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren hasn't aged at all. He looks great He's now, aged right? very poorly. <laughs> now... So they get on this long car chase that takes about 100 minutes, and they smash a billion cars. Russia is just—Moscow is laid waste. They're destroying the streets. Cars are crashing for no reason. They're jumping off of overpasses onto cars. It's— Not a single police officer or agent of the government in sight. No, not the whole time. You would think that Ru- that Russia was just this lawless wasteland. That you might Ru- Moscow might as well be barter town for the amount of law that comes yeah, in. Yeah, it feels like they decided to set this movie in Moscow because they couldn't think of a crime-riddled or like lawless uh, yet super-populated city in America to do it in. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they could, like Detroit's not quite bad enough yet. Well, Detroit's a very wasteland now. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we got to wait till RoboCop era to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what if we were watching RoboCop? Wouldn't oh, that, that have been, been great. great tonight? Why can I not remember the the place where Wolverine would go, where he was Patch? Madripoor? Madripoor. So it's like if they went to, they were like, we, Madripoor doesn't exist, a place where the only local industry is crime. So I guess we'll go to Moscow instead. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you remembered Madripoor. Uh so they eventually, John McClane catches up with them uh, after leading everyone on a merry chase, mm-hmm. and it turns out that Jack McClane, his son, not the criminal that John McClane feared he was. He's actually an undercover CIA officer who's been working with his partner, Cole Hauser, to For get— For like two seconds. Well, to get Komarov out, because Komarov has this magic file that everybody wants, this, like— with some kind of secret information that apparently will either get give them the goods on the bad guy in the government or it'll help them find nuclear missiles or something. Project MacGuffin. Yeah, it is very much Project MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately... Not Project X? <laughs> no, there's no chimps in this movie. Oh, what a shame. Or a party thrown at a house by high schoolers. <laughs> or chimps throwing a party at a house. Now we're talking. When the chimp parents are out we of town. We call it Project X Squared. <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> How they would get on it. No, Hollywood, pay us money and we'll get on it. $700,000, please. It's the going rate for our scripts. Yeah, we have an infrastructure set up for making that kind of a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An infrastructure, yeah. We'll just put it under our house cat productions uh, stamp. Yeah, we are a corporation now. Anyway, people don't know about that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> their CIA safe house is breached and attacked by the bad guys. Cole Hauser is shot in the forehead. Immediately destroyed. Just in time. The first time a bad guy shoots a good guy in the entire, well, only time, spoiler alert, in the entire movie. I wish that Cole Hauser had then gotten up with a bullet in his head, put his hand out, the director put a check in his hand, (laughs) and then Cole Hauser walked off the set. (laughs) This would have been a better movie if that happened. Uh, Bruce Willis and his son are running around, just dodging stuff. And Bruce Willis picks up a gun, shoots like thirty guys, and they just keep running into his bullet stream. Yeah, and the and Komarov, the guy they're trying to protect, who the CIA want to bring out of the country because he knows where this magic dossier is that has MacGuffin stuff in it, he gets shot in the arm, 
And uh, let me tell you, this movie could have used a real shot in the arm. Yeah, thank you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Count it. They, they, Count it, guys. Anyway. Put on your abacus. They escape <laughs> and they the and Komarov calls his daughter and say, he says, I have to, I'm not leaving to go to America unless my daughter comes with me. And it's like, all right. We'll and meet after, up with, you, after you see that daughter, you understand, You understand, because right? va-va-voom, she's mm-hmm. a Russian bombshell. <laughs> Uh, she's a regular. A, <laughs> she's a regular Babovich, <laughs> Hotski Babovich. Now uh, the she we've seen the problem is when we see her, they meet her up up with her at this abandoned ballroom in a hotel or something, and we recognize her. She was involved with the bad guys in the beginning, but the good guys don't know that. She comes over. She says, "Where's the file?" And he goes, "I've got." Like, the key to the file here, he's hidden it behind a radiator in this ballroom, and Bruce Willis knows something's up, and he's like, hey, hold on a second. There's a lot of traffic in Moscow. This is something yeah. you learned earlier. How'd you I learned, I learned so that fast? an hour ago from this, uh, from this, this cab driver who sang to me. This cab driver who sang Frank Sinatra songs to me in the only good scene in the movie. And she's like, uh, 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 suddenly bad guys show up. Turns out the daughter is in cahoots. And she puts a gun to her own father's head. Totally a big surprise, right? And he's like, why are you doing this? And she goes, for millions of dollars or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, John McClane and Jack McClane. Because I'm a hot lady. I'm yeah. a hot Russian lady. That means I'm a villain. They, Treacherous. Uh, John McClane and Jack... Yeah, she's basically the Baroness from mm-hmm. G.I. Joe. Yep. John, or uh, Natasha from uh, from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, she's Rocky a little sexier than Natasha. She's basically... Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Elliot. <laughs> she's basically... You're saying she's sexier than Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle? <laughs> this is a weird fetish I, I never knew you had. I do not this know. two-dimensional, <laughs> uh, weird-looking Russian <laughs> spy fetish. <laughs> Very modern cartooning style. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, she's Xenia on a top from Goldeneye, basically. Now, uh, she. it turns out John McClane and, McClane and Jack McClane have some daddy issues, father-son issues. Sure. John McClane was never there for his son. This seems to be the root of their problem is that he was working too much mm-hmm. when J- Jack was growing up, which is weird since earlier we see John McClane's daughter drive him to the airport to go to Russia, and they seem to have a great relationship. Did it, they patch it up in the last movie? Or? Yeah, that was what the that was what uh, what he once again he was working too much and then Live he free saved or die hard. from terrorists and then they're a good family again. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. all. If you're a deadbeat dad, that's all you have to do is save your child from terrorists. Just kill like a shitload of dudes. Basically. Yeah. Incl- does Kevin Smith die in that? Well, movie? I mean, like they gotta be. They specifically uh, have to be terrorists. I don't know. They have to be terrorists. Yeah. You can't just you can't kill. just go on a murder spree. <laughs> like, there are there are deadbeat dads who have Sounds tried like, to make it good by just killing a bunch of random people, like the, and that does the, not the work. The first episode of Hannibal. Am I right? No, that does. Hey, oh, good one. High five. <laughs> Topical reference. <laughs> Very much like the first episode of Hannibal, a show about a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Not a cannibal, but so much I like, more. I like to imagine there's a scene where Hannibal is pushing his shopping cart through the grocery store, and he sees on the shelf a manwich, and he goes, "If only, if only you lived up to the name." That's for season two when it's scripted by the Dexter writing team. <laughs> yeah. uh, when he starts complaining about his dark passenger, I, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like he like goes through and he's like and the he's got a bunch of vegetables in his cart and he's like oh one of the people there's like oh what are you making he's like oh i'm gonna make a bolognese sauce he's like well you need some meat for that he's like mm, i'll get my meat somewhere else and then he's and, and he, he winks hit, at the camera he hits that person with a crowbar <laughs> yep. and puts them in his cart yeah well here's another idea for a promo and they for scan Hannibal. him animals pushing <laughs> and it comes up human meat a dollar forty a pound, which okay, is a great you, price. Are you saving this? Yeah, <laughs> you better save this and send it to NBC, NBC. Is going to steal it. The National Broadcasting Organization no, no, is going to steal I'm, it. I'm going to take Brand? this podcast. I'm going to put it in a postmarked envelope and I'm going to mail it to myself. That's Just, a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. And then it's like you got a present from, a, from an admirer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you open it up at the Seal office. It with a kiss. <laughs> you open it up in the office and it's a letter to you from you with like lipstick kisses all over and you've sprayed perfume on it. Someone has an admirer. Let, Dan, this letter is from you. You signed it from you, Dan. Ooh, you're just jealous. Flower delivery? Flowers from an admirer? He knew he needed a pick-me-up, dude. It makes sense. Uh, Sometimes you gotta treat yourself. Here's my other idea for a Hannibal promo. Okay. He's pushing a cart through the grocery store. He goes to the butcher counter, and he says, I'll take ten pounds. And then you, the camera pans over. The butcher is cutting up human parts. Mads Mikkelsen looks at the camera, winks. Then it shows him waking up from sleep and looks at the camera and goes... If only. <laughs> sure. <laughs> only in my dreams. <laughs> Hannibal, Thursdays at 9. 
<laughs> He's a cannibal. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> mad about Mads. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let's get that hashtag trending, people. Mad about yeah, Mads. Mad about Mads hashtag. Why isn't it happening? I want it at the top of the trending, right under, underneath the sponsored trend from Eminem that's like hashtag melts in your hands. <laughs> and you name things that melt in your hands that are not Eminems. You know, like, like, uh, uh, like ice or what? Uh, like a, boners, I guess. Pound of boners? Pound of boners. Wait, wait, no, I can do it. Do better. Ice? <laughs> Boners. Yeah, yeah, boner shaped ice. An icy boner. Anyway. Uh, Don't even talk about that. (laughs) Good day to die hard. John McCain and Jack McClain don't have a great issue. John McCain. I would love that. John McCain and Jack McCain. It's me, John McCain. Finish the dang movie. I I crashed here in Russia. Classic Flophouse impressions, everybody. (laughs) I be John McCain. (laughs) Arizona Senate. We got your ringtones over here. I ran for the presidency of these United States. I be John McCain. (laughs) Captain McCain. Anyway, so John McClain and Jack McClain don't have a great relationship. They're working out their issues. They bicker a lot. Mm -hmm. But that bickering doesn't stop them from teaming up to pull the fast one on the Russian main henchman, who is one of these flamboyant villain henchmen you see. Tap, tap, he starts dancing around. for no reason. Mm-hmm. His, hen- his henchmen all have crazy haircuts, and <laughs> one of them looks like Demolition, looks like Wesley Snipes in Demolition Man. Yeah, Simon uh, Phoenix. Yeah, Simon, <laughs> I forgot his name. Simon Phoenix. Because uh, he keeps saying Simon Says before he kills people. I thought Simon that, Says died. Oh, that's right. He doesn't go, Phoenix oh. says. No, that that's what he has in common with uh, the third Die Hard movie. Simon yeah. Says. Yeah. Yeah. Brings it all back around to Die Hard. Anyway, the heroes out with the bad guys. They shoot them all. They get attacked by a helicopter gunship, which happens a lot in this movie. But Helicopters they... are super exciting still, Elliot. That's true. And uh, it's just like the scene in Star Trek Into Darkness where... where uh, Cumberbatch uses a mm-hmm. uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler uses a helico- a futuristic helicopter gunship, a hovercopter, a, a hovercopter laser ship. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's shooting bullets, I think. But yeah. uh, anyway, the most exciting part of this action sequence involving a helicopter and people crashing through a construction site and jumping through windows is when the villainess is running towards the helicopter and the wind from the rotor blades is blowing up her dress so you can see the top of her tights of her stockings. Yeah. That is the most, I guess, I think we can all agree that that glimpse of the top of her stockings is the most exciting part of that scene. And I'm a pervasoid, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, Exhibit A. This is an example of how unexciting the scene is. Yeah. <laughs> I, Stuart is pouring something from a flask into a glass, but it sounds like he's peeing. And he's got a, he's he's got a, a hammer and sickle flask. He, very so, appropriate. You, uh, why didn't screw this on? Why didn't you use that during the Red Dawn he's, episode? He's putting, he's pouring vodka from a hammer and sickle flask into his his glass. And here comes the, the Schweppes. The movie was in Russia, guys. Did you, you so, did you theme your drink specifically because of this? Sometimes, or? sure. Today so, I did. Anyway, so they dodge the McCa- machine gun rounds. The McLeans escape. They jump out of a building. Jump down a pipe or something. John McLean says about forty times, "I'm on vacation mm-hmm. again," because he's not. Uh, and they find out that the bad guys are going to Chernobyl. Bum, mm-hmm. bum, bum. That's exciting. Because so that's the where the Russian file is hidden. are probably going crazy. They're trying to stop these flying helicopters shooting buildings. <laughs> nope, don't see them. <laughs> massive car wrecks. They appears are, to be a lawless wasteland. <laughs> they are too busy, I assume, stopping bears from yeah. wandering there's, the streets. Something pro- to do with graft, probably. Yeah. yeah. There's probably a lot of... Shots of the people of Russia mourning the death of all their countrymen no. crushed by Nothing. Bruce Willis's car-based <laughs> rampage. Not at all. The people of Russia might as well be ants. <laughs> For all the worth their mortality is given in this The Fifth Die Hard movie. They are treated like the worst of computer player characters where they have no existence whatsoever. It you it gives the opinion it gives you the impression that Russia is a land of buildings and self-driving cars. And like a handful of bad guys. And as you put it in one of the in that car, uh, the car chase, it felt like it was like a car chase that was just trying to get people excited about the idea of a bigger car smashing into smaller cars. Like it's not actually exciting. Like yeah, it's, well, this was the car chase equivalent uh, of the end of Bad Boys Two, where they just uh, careen through a shanty town in Cuba. <laughs> Killing God knows how many people. Not <laughs> even God cares? knows. Even God couldn't count. Who cares? Because they're 
they're foreigners, so it doesn't matter. Here, there are a couple moments in the car chase that are neat stunts, but yeah, it's not exciting, and you just keep thinking about all the people they're hurting, mm-hmm. you know. And, and every neat stunt, they just they immediately cut in like five different ways, so you don't actually get a full impact guys, of the crash. Yeah, guys, it's all for the greater good of uh, John McClane uh, reconnecting with his son. With his son, yeah. So they go to Chernobyl. All the bad guys are there. They tur- it turns out that bad so, guys no mutants though, right? No yeah. mutants. This That's is too bad. unfortunately, and the radiation seems to be very easily dispersible when they get to Chernobyl. They mm-hmm. show up in radiation suits. They open a door with their magic key, and then they, like, what, set up, like, bug zappers that get rid of radiation, and suddenly it's okay. This The most irradiated site, I think, on Earth that humans have habitated, you know, and it's, they're like, whatever, we'll just walk around. I don't know. No mutants here. Like there are a couple of Dr. Manhattans or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A couple of Doctors Manhattan. (laughs) Uh, But it turns out, uh uh-oh, there was no magic file to begin with, only... Crate after crate of weapons-grade uranium, which they can the sell... The worst kind of uranium. ...for millions. And the the tap-dancing guy is like, where's the file? You told me there'd be a file here! And Komarov, the bearded, lovable guy that has been taken hostage, yep. shoots that guy, the henchman in the head. Turns out he was behind it the whole time. So wait a minute. And it's, he's a villain. And it turns and he, he shoots the guy and then goes... <gasps> like that and Dan pointed out that now that he knows he's a villain he has to ham it up <laughs> yeah. before the character thought he was a kindly old man so he didn't ham, ham it up now okay so this guy's plan was I guess to get uh, get captured yes and get then broken out, get be broken out of freed jail. during a bombing yes and then get captured again so he could go to this uranium which apparently he couldn't go to on his own for some reason because he was in jail I guess yeah I don't really understand how this all fits together this twist somehow it's related to the politician who was threatening him yeah and then there's a bad guy politician and Komarov calls Chagarin the bad guy politician who's in a sauna with a with a hefty with a strong nurse and he's like it's me I escaped and I've got uranium now goodbye and then the nurse snaps Shigarin's neck because apparently what's Komarov has with, henchmen everywhere. What's up with Russians always killing each other in saunas? It's where you're most vulnerable. You're not wearing clothes. You're all sweaty and gross. But it seems like such like a tacked on thing. Like, yeah. Hey, just like the car chase where they're like, hey, remember car chase that are actually exciting? This was like, hey, remember that, that scene? In, remember that in great Eastern scene Promises? in Eastern Promises where nude Viggo Mortensen fights well, at those least guys? Make, at least make it sauna specific. Like have them beat together to death with branches or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, but okay. they like that in Russia. <laughs> he, that's what he paid for he'd be I like yeah yeah be good beat me harder please i am russian and so forth uh <laughs> at this point he's <laughs> really committed to it <laughs> yeah at this point the mcleans enter the vault they learn the true story of uh the real life story of uh how their life got flipped turned upside down <laughs> mm-hmm. they want to take a minute uh tell you all just about, sit right there sit right there tell them all of the story about how they became a good day to die hard yep <laughs> of, of bel-air uh, Created by Andy Borowitz, and then there's just uh, a bunch of fighting yeah. as they fight the bad guys there's all around. There's a lot around. of helicopter spinning. Comes a real there's a lot shoot of helicopter up. spinning. There's a big shirtless guy with a gun who's, who's like Zangief from uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, you're expecting like a good fight, but no, exactly. This huge guy shows up, and I assumed they're going to they're do their take on the scene in Raiders where Indiana Jones has to fight that big bald Nazi, and the Nazi's just punching him, and yeah. then the propeller kills him. It's an amazing scene, but. Instead, the guy is just shooting them, and then they blow him up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the and just like, yeah, just like that chick in uh, If Looks Good Kill, he just gets totally roasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saying people are getting roasted a lot. Just flame broiled. <laughs> yeah. Flash I mean, fried. Yeah. yeah, like he didn't even have a shirt to protect him. And when the explosion happens, uh, Bruce Willis and his son are behind, like, Bruce Willis is behind a big metal box, and his son is behind a pillar, and you literally see the flame rush out towards the sun and wrap around the pillar <laughs> all around him and then it cuts away and when it comes back cuts back he's fine because he was behind this pillar so even though flame has literally touched him he it, is not singed it's like if you ever tried to take a piece of hardened beef jerky and just stuck it in like a fire grill always it yeah. doesn't do anything to that jerky man <laughs> so you're saying the guy is a piece of hardened beef jerky <laughs> i'd say the, Bruce a, Will- the john mcclain is no no but this is yeah. jack mcclain he's, he's like a regular he's the jersey boys. Boys. i believe that john mcclain is a smoked dried cured meat <laughs> i don't believe that of his son 
Uh, I have to say, I want to make it clear that uh, this movie, the screenwriter of this film, uh, also wrote such films as Hitman, uh-huh. uh, Swordfish, Amazing. And, and X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yep. Flophouse favorite. And, uh, wait, didn't he also write uh, Max Payne? Yes. Oh, no, no, the director. The director, oh, the director of this like made a Max Payne. confluence of Flophousian no. influences. Of crap. Still allowed to make films. <laughs> uh, now, so, the sun goes after... What make, it makes no sense... Bruce Willis goes after the young woman with the helicopter, the evil daughter, mm-hmm. and the son goes after the old man with a gun. Uh, they're all fighting. Bruce Willis gets on the helicopter. The daughter is like, ha, 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 shooting her helicopter guns <laughs> at the roof of this Chernobyl building. Uh, there's a truck inside the, Cherno- inside the helicopter because it's full of uranium stuff or whatever. I don't know. And Bruce Willis gets in it and chains it to the side of the helicopter, gets in his car, says... Yippee Kaye, motherfucker, just to mm-hmm. himself, and then yeah, yeah. drives just it out. For kicks. Just drives it out the back of the helicopter <laughs> to unbalance it. And then there's a scene where it looks like Bruce Willis is trying to steer the helicopter <laughs> with the steering wheel in a truck that's hanging out the back of a helicopter. He's getting on in years, Elliot. <laughs> they should really take his license away. Is what I'm saying. And the son is fighting the the ultimate villain, Komarov. But it's weird, Komarov. <laughs> Is, has this gun and he's firing anywhere but at the, at his enemy. And the son picks up Komarov and literally, and if it, it, he is the Komarov is totally at his mercy. Yep. Just throws him over the roof <laughs> into the rotor blades of the helicopter, mm-hmm. which cuts him up. Dasvidanya. Which just cuts him up huh? into blood. Immediately. It's like, it looks particles. like a Mortal Kombat fatality. It's like, like when uh, when Dark Phoenix totally turned Professor X into a bunch <laughs> of particles. But it really, like, it's like uh, the it's like something out of, like, like one of those weird Japanese action movies where it's like schoolgirls with blades that come out of their butts and there's a lot of CGI blood. Like, it was that kind of fakey blood. We always complain about the uh, a lot of Flophouse movies doing uh, cuts or flashbacks to scenes that were only a little bit earlier in the movie. And I really wish that right before he threw him into those blades, there was a cutback to when Komarov was trying to convince Bruce Willis that there's still a chance that he <laughs> yeah. and his son could reunite. Like, the idea of, like, this bad guy kind of helped heal the wounds between the two of you, and now you're tossing him into the <laughs> You should be blades. paying me. I'm a therapist. I'll pay you in death. Mm-hmm. In Soviet Russia, helicopter chops up you. <laughs> it's, it's not even no, a joke. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Enjoy your trip. Have a nice fall. <laughs> yep. Throws him out. And uh, that and the, the daughter doesn't even notice that she just killed her father with the helicopter blades. She in a but it's I, Shakespearean, some, you know. But she, yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, the is. instrument of her own it's father's like, demise. It's just like in, it's like in Titus Androgynous. Titus Androgynous. Yeah, just like the one with the David Bowie stars. <laughs> David Bowie is Titus Androgynous. The story You're about- eating Tilda Swinton in these pies. No! Whatever. Whatever. I'm David Bowie. I'm a general in Rome. Titus Androgynous. Freak out in a moon age daydream. Let's dance. I just ate my own child in a pie. Put on your red dress and cannibal. Hannibal and so forth. <laughs> I can't think of a single other thing that happens in Titus Androgynous. Who would play Aaron the Moor, the best character in the whole play? I don't know. Uh. Somebody. Let's just say Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I wish I could. Remember. And Hannibal's in the audience watching Titus Androgynous. He's like, finally, and he's, he's finally eating. something for me. Finally, something giant... for me. Blah. He's a vampire now. He's eating a giant sandwich with a human hand sticking out of it. <laughs> and Usher says, "Sir, no food in the theater." Hi, 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 Hannibal winks at the goes, camera, and he goes, "Beats don't fail me now." And runs. He off. goes to cover his mouth with his hand, and he realizes it, it's already gone, chopped <laughs> off, and in Hannibal's mouth. Oh, oh the usher! Even Hannibal was eating his own hand. He could be, dude. Who cares? It's a movie. Anything can happen in the movies. <laughs> in the dark, we could be heroes. <laughs> Titus androgynous. Anyway. She somehow knows her father's dead. She does a suicide plunge of the helicopter into the building. Uh, 
failing to kill any of the heroes oh, who yeah. all who for the eighteenth time probably killing herself. She does kill herself. The probably. helicopter explodes. We, yeah, but we don't see it. Yes, we do. The helicopter explodes. <laughs> so she, so no. she's totally roasted. Is what yes, saying. she's totally roasted. Oh, yeah, she's really attractive. So if you could say that she survives the helicopter, look, though. I would love if she survived. It right. just burned all her clothes off. Consider <laughs> <laughs> the fire only burned off her clothes and made and her really goes, sweaty. And she goes, "Oh my." <laughs> <laughs> and she tries to cover up, but it's too late. We've no, seen everything. Seen everything. <laughs> now, that, considering put a curl on your I would, <laughs> I would love for her to survive. Considering my two favorite character, my three favorite characters in the movie are the singing cab driver and the tops of her two stockings. <laughs> now, uh, Bruce Willis and his son for the 18th time jump out of some windows just hoping there's something below them that will not kill them when they hit it they fall through a glass air, uh, skylight into a swimming pool because of course Chernobyl has a swimming pool as a unwitting victim of a knee injury Dan how does that make you feel look uh, I've played the knee card a lot uh, Bruce Willis has got to be a million years older than you <laughs> yes a million years <laughs> his knees years. are just about there that old there is evidence too. in ancient prehistoric carvings of Bruce Willis <laughs> Just there's, it's a stick figure with a squint and a smirk <laughs> on his face, and sometimes a cigar and sometimes a harmonica. It's kind of a Bruno type <laughs> stick figure. Now, when he leapt out of a building earlier and fell through several layers of scaffolding into a dumpster, did I think every bone in his body would be shattered? Yes, I did. Every but, boner in his body shattered. <laughs> Only but, the one. Most few men have more than one boner. <laughs> the lucky ones. The lucky ones. Well, there was that one guy. There was a man. Years ago, who was a sideshow performer who had three legs and two penises, mm-hmm. both working penises. He was Italian. So five legs is what you're saying. Yeah. And people used to ask him, do you feel bad having three legs? Do you, do you envy people who have two legs? And he would say, do you envy someone with one arm? He was very pro pro himself, you know, very mm-hmm. confident. But having two working penises will do that. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a nice guy. He'd give you a lot of confidence. And he could kick a soccer ball with his third leg. You so. think he had sex with two ladies at the same time? He had to have. Come on. Yeah. I mean, like, just out of curiosity, I mean, we- like, women wouldn't necessarily, like, find him attractive. But sure just they out- would. But Crazy just, women. No, but no, I'm saying, like, just out of curiosity, there's got to be some women who are like, let's do this. Considering Chang and Eng both and my had buddy. wives who had sex with them and bore children, yeah. I would have to assume that... They, that they did, I, and I'd like to believe that he had sex with Siamese twin women mm-hmm. that he met maybe in the sideshow. Yeah, yeah, on uh, one of those OK Cupids. It's like a real love match. Uh, you wouldn't need the OK Cupid because they work together. Oh, okay, it's a workplace romance for but the workplace they have, sideshow. Now they, they have, have to push re- them together is when they realize that they found each other on OK Cupid, mm-hmm. but they're so close. <laughs> Do you have to report it to Circus HR though if they're going to date within the family? Yeah, you think a circus is HR? <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, uh, I can't think of a... Uh, Something about a bearded lady, Dan. Come on. Uh, what's, who's someone in the circus that has like H, it. the beans with an H? Uh, the half man? Yeah, half man resources. Oh, half man. man resources, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like Oof. a re- regular episode of, uh, uh... uh wait, can no wait, one remember wait. anything today? <laughs> what is your No, wait, wait, I got this one. Uh, There's a gas leak. Is it get, ah, 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 no wonder, no wonder Titus Androgynous sounded like such a great idea. So anyway, Jack and John McClane have totally patched up along this trip, mm. saving the world from nuclear weapons, I guess. They go back home to Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who who's, you've totally forgotten. Who's Bruce Willis's daughter in this, and they laugh and laugh as they unboard a private plane that I yeah. guess the CIA sent for them. And there's a freeze frame with the sun behind him that is framed very awkwardly. It's not... Yeah, it looks... Bruce Willis is almost out of frame and the sun is just peeking up from behind his bald dome of a head. You got He's got the fucking Technodrome on the top of his neck. You got Biosphere 2 right there. He's the only guy, the, sun. Who's, only guy his head was designed by Buckminster Fuller. <laughs> Whoa. Hey I got plenty of Bruce Willis ball jokes. Destro's walking off the plane. Yeah. You know, that's, that's tied in with that Baroness yep, joke. Yeah, because the Baroness is earlier. Yeah, Russia. So that's the movie. They saved the world. They patched up their relationship. They uh, managed to kill, I'm just going to say on the outside, this is a conservative estimate, 350 Russians. But no international incident somehow. No, because in this world, Russia exists only for Americans to like go and ruin. It's much the same way that foreign countries work in a lot of James Bond movies where it's like, India, your job is to have like a street bazaar that white people can run through and destroy mm-hmm. while they're having a chase scene. Like, yeah, you're someone, not people. You're 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 dressing up the sets. Yeah, you, know? you can pull a sword out of a sword swallower's uh, throat and have a sword fight with it or something. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, now that's an why HR that, problem. Why did that sound so gross when he said it? It's disgusting. The idea of it is disgusting. Okay. So uh, you got phlegm all over that sword. It's all got all bacteria. Let's on skip it. to final judgments. Was this a good bad movie? A bad bad movie or a movie you kind of liked, Stuart? What do you have to say? This was a bad bad movie. I didn't like it. I didn't like how the trailer made me believe that that girl was going to unzip her uh, jumpsuit. She did almost unzip her all the way, suit. but you barely—they cut it way too soon. What's weird is that there are pictures online that show because we were looking at pictures of the lead actress <laughs> online. <laughs> we will all admit to being that much of. There the... are stills where she unzipped the jumpsuit way down, and you see a lot more of her, but that's not in, in the, the movie. In the trailer, there is that much of it. So it I seems wonder if weird. they shot that for the trailer, and then they yeah. just didn't put it in the movie. They're like, oh, the mostly male audience who goes to see this movie won't be interested in this. They're not going to be interested in this hot Russian lady weird. taking her clothes off. It seems weird. Yeah, it seems weird that they would be like, well, this will get them in the seats, and then they're like, but let's cut it down in the actual movie. And meanwhile, any excuse to show us Bruce Willis's naked ass, I mean, he's pantsless in most of the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the color wow. of night is flesh-colored, apparently. <laughs> It'd be so weird if this movie was his pants get blown off early on and he doesn't put them back on. <laughs> and it's just him jumping out of buildings with no pants on. <laughs> A good day to okay. die pantsless. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a I'm good day s- to die naked from the waist down. I'm going to say this is a bad, bad movie, and I say this as a man who has basically liked every other Die Hard movie You're to one Die degree or another. Your screen name on uh, Instant Messenger is Die Hard One One. Well, that's the thing. I'm not like because you consider yourself the eleventh biggest. I die am hard actually fan. not like a, the world's hugest Die Hard fanatic. There are a lot of people out there who are like. Oh, the original Die Hard is the best action movie. I like it a lot. It's, it's easily one of the best action it's, movies. No, it's one of the best. I'm not. One, I I also disagree that it's the best, but it is it for an action movie. It has it's about it's as very smartly constructed. constructed. Yeah. yeah, and the scenes work really well. It's very exciting and suspensey. But I'm not like a huge fanatic. But I have liked. It's up there with like uh, Hard Target. Obviously, the first <laughs> obviously the first one is Head and Shoulders Under Siege two over the others. But I but I even enjoy the sequels the and this sequels and this like. one I do not care for at all. It also hurts that the one of the things that made Die Hard great is that the villain is fantastic, and in this, the villain is almost a non-entity. You know? Well, as you, you pointed out, like, in the first Die Hard, and even in the second Die Hard, they take a little bit of time to at least, like, build it up. And, build up the situation. And, cre- and create the world and build up the situation and show the bad guy's plan in motion to give the bad guy a little bit of, like, cred, I guess. Yeah. To show that he actually is smart, at, whereas the John McClane character is kind of... A, a doof. Well, but but he's more your like, average Joe. Hey, forget about it. Pizza pie. But it's his like hardworking American ethos that gets him through. <laughs> yeah, he's carrying his lunch pail everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, no. But that's but like they, you set up his whole pl- his whole purpose is to be the like ordinary Joe, like but but like resilient and tough that gets through and beats up the smarter European, you know, bad guys. But here, the bad guys plan. It felt like the bad guy was making up as we went along. He had no charisma. Sure, the henchman danced once, but that was about it. And the movie is and his son is so uninteresting. They his son put is so much an, of the, sho- the the movie on his shoulders. Total non-entity. You, the th- son makes you wish for Shia LaBeouf to show up from <laughs> yeah, fucking it makes, Crystal Skull. It makes, what's his name? Mutt Jackson makes him look Mutt Rover Boyersdy. What? What's the name? What's Shia LaBeouf's character's name? It's Mutt something, right? Yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah, but it makes him seem like a really lovable. You're watching this and you're like. You know, maybe I'll watch another Mutt in the Crystal Skull movie. Maybe they should make another one of those. Indiana Jones Jr. in the in the Legend of the Hidden Shoes. <laughs> maybe they'll make one another one of those. Tales are told of shoes <laughs> rather than they like were put somewhere. Rather than and doing, then you couldn't find them again. <laughs> rather than like you know, Die Hard in Your Face, the new one starring starring Jack McClane, the yeah. son. You know, he's so boring and dull and just just personalityless. Uh, but it's a good, good movie. <laughs> no, no, but, and and also like every this is such a like no no effort movie in a lot of ways, except for stunts and like computer graphics. But the direction is kind of subborn level, shaky cam. There's like it's two real, the script is terrible. There's two attempts to make interesting shots in the movie, like interesting action shots, like at the end where they're like falling at the same rate as the helicopter. Yeah, but it's totally stupid, and there's no threat, so who cares? Yeah, threat level uh, zero. Just, ju- just watch Blooper. So I think we're all agreed. Bad movie. Go watch Die Hard if you want good Die Hard, and go watch Looper if you want good old Bruce Willis. <laughs> but you know what, Elliot? You look like you have something to say. I do have something to say. <laughs> and you guys aren't going to want to hear it, but here's what it is. Okay, I'll allow it this time. I'm quitting. What? Time Warner Cable. What? <laughs> because their DVR box, let's be honest, it's a piece of garbage. <laughs> it overheats, it sucks, it doesn't work a lot of the time, the remotes are shit. 
I pardon my French, but I get heated up, much like a DVR box from Time Warner when I talk about Time Warner's DVR box. But hey, I found a better option. What's that? A smarter option, a cooler option, a sexier option. An option that shouldn't be an option. It's a necessity. And it's called TiVo. T, little I, big V, little O. That's right. Like (laughs) Tybo. You know, Billy Blank's martial arts thing, but TiVo. And it's made watching your favorite television shows so easy that you might be watching them right now and not even know it because wow. it's that what, easy to what just about mob, What easy. about Mob Doctor? Yep, you can watch it, <laughs> except it's not on television anymore. But if you had TiVo'd it, you could keep it forever because TiVo has a huge amount of storage capacity and up to four tuners. And you could what watch about, Mob Doctor to your heart's what content. What about My Boys? My Boys? I don't know that TiVo was around when My Boys was on the it was on the air, but if TBS is rerunning it, the Jim Gaffigan sitcom My Boys, then maybe, look... You no longer have to sit in front of your TV and watch TV shows when your channels tell you to. And you know what? You don't even have to watch them a week later, a month later. You don't even have to watch them at your TV. Because TiVo lets you watch shows whenever you want, wherever you want, anywhere that you have a screen, you can watch this. Anytime that you have time, you can watch it. TiVo lets you stream TV on your iPad, transfer recordings with there so you can take them with you on like an airplane or a submarine or like a mini sub or a mini plane or a submaplane or a plane marine. Name a place. Name a place. You can take the TiVo there. Uh, or you can watch something there. A hamburger trans- stand. Ha- hamburger stand. You got it. Watch your TV shows. Hackensack. Hackensack, New Jersey? Yeah. I mean, you can you just have a TV there, sure. <laughs> Anywhere. You can go to Cairo. You can go to Japan. You can go to the moon. You can go to Atlantis. What about the, what about the offices of All Things Comedy? At the sure they, they if they yeah if there's a physical place for them I think it's just a PO box in Tucson but, but all things comedy you can go there and watch it TiVo lets you search cable the internet to find any show movie video it's like Netflix Hulu Plus Amazon and YouTube are just channels on your TV on your TV with an amazing DVR where you can record four shows at once and something like seventy five to hundred I don't remember how many hours of HD programming that's a lot that's so much you're never gonna finish it. And you're not going to want to because you're going to enjoy watching it so much you're going to keep watching them, which you can do. It's over TiVo. and over again. TiVo Mini and a TiVo box works like you have TiVos on two TVs. It's amazing. Double your power. Now you can watch whatever you want, wherever you want, and now you can do it for a little bit cheaper. Because if you go to TiVo.com right now and any now until November 1st, you can get $25 off a new TiVo Premiere, a P4, or an XL4 DVR by using the promo code ATC. It's easy to remember because it's all things comedy, your favorite podcasting network. Remember, the code expires on November 1st. TiVo.com, $25 off for the best DVR alternative there is. You're going to love it. I think you should go, and I would tell you I'm going to go, but I went already, so I don't have to go anymore. But I did, and you're going to like it too. Hey, so, that's, so you're <laughs> quitting is what you said. I, yeah, well, <laughs> quitting DVRs from Time Warner. So that's oh. $25 off TiVo.com. And when you use the code ATC before November 1st, go do it, won't you? TiVo. Uh, thank you for that uh, word that keeps the lights on, Elliot. Yep, and the DVR is on. So uh, this is the segment of the show where we uh, answer letters from listeners. It's a little thing we like to call the Flophouse Movie Mailbag. And Literally it goes, never <clears throat> accompanied with a song. Like this. Flophouse movie mailbag. It's a bag of mail that we found under a bridge. (laughs) These letters are addressed to Santa, but we'll answer them anyway. Santa, if you're listening, here's what they want for Christmas. For Christmas. Santa, here's the mail. (laughs) I'm Santa, and I hear you, Elliot. Where are those letters you told me about? We've got them here in a bag. It's a mailbag, a mailbag bag of letters for Santa and us, but they're ours now, and it's gonna cost you, fat man, if you want these letters from the mailbag you lost under a bridge. Okay. What do you say to that, Kringle? I don't think this is actually... Uh, I don't think this is setting How up... How dare you, <laughs> weird Elliot kid? I don't think... Why that. are you wearing a beanie with a propeller on it? Because I'm a kid, and that's what kids wear while we're eating gogurt and riding our skateboards and slingshots. I think that this isn't setting up the segment For properly. Christmas, I want some chicken nuggets <laughs> okay. shaped like dinosaurs no, in the Flophouse mailbag. Flophouse mailbag, reading rainbow. Okay. Thank you. So, this first letter is titled, 
I love more songs, please. <laughs> wow, that one was great. <laughs> yeah. It's like Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Wronger. This one was t- no, is was titled, good. Good. I oh, Love yeah. the Show. And it says... Uh, Until now. <laughs> Dear Housers, I recently Cole discovered Housers. your show and found it difficult to stop listening to your hilarious, easygoing banter about movies that most would consider unwatchable. Thanks. Gentlemen, I salute your comedy skills, but most of all, I salute your bravery and endurance. Should David Kalin ever tire of his reign of terror, I gladly <laughs> offer my services as a replacement supervillain. Perhaps each episode could end with my face clenched with anger, crushing my iPod with my metal hand because Elliot had taunted me with his songs or Stuart had taunted me by recommending yet again Castle Freak. The only impediments that I see... That's what I was going to recommend. I own neither a metal hand nor an iPod. We'll get cracking. Here is my actual query. Okay. Given your great experience watching terrible movies, what are the telltale signs I should look for that let me know that a horrible film that I'm watching is about to become a work of unintentional comedy genius? When I settle down to watch, say, Frankenstein 2, Bikini Summer, starring Nicole Williamson, Alex Rocco, and Tawny Katane. Now, yeah, that's weird. I don't know why Nicole Williamson is in there, but... <laughs> what happy Alex Rocco <laughs> Tawny Katane, you say. <laughs> what happy portents will let me know that I can settle back in a Falstaffian pose and declare, Let the feast of hilarity begin! Well, if it's got bikini to, in the title. To a good-bad movie. A strong good-bad movie, if you will, or what would the omens that tell me I need more vodka to make it through the project? Sincerely, Freddie Pakalon, not my real name. Well, okay. <laughs> I would say, uh, well, one way you know if it's a bad movie, this is something Stuart pointed out to me once, is if it opens with a voiceover that says something like, my mother always told me, <laughs> never never agree with strangers yeah, about Yeah, but that's usually a bad, bad movie. That's a bad, bad movie. But a good, bad movie, uh, well, if uh, Michael Caine and The Rock are in it. <laughs> the, uh, I think that a good, uh, bad movie often has... A bizarrely high concept, like, uh, yeah. say, uh, something like Jim Cotta that combines the uh, kill of karate with the thrill of gymnastics. <laughs> yep. Um, often. Something, something to look out for if you're looking for a good, bad horror movie instead of a bad, bad horror movie mm-hmm. is if it's got not only has a painted cover, but if you're looking at that painted cover and you see like a painted babe on it, mm-hmm. you're not going to see that babe anywhere in that movie. <laughs> That's true. You are only going to see like a C grade version of that babe, so do not rent that movie. So wait, hold on. So is wait, that a recommended? That a good, bad, or, or bad, or, bad? Yeah, I don't. That is a bad, bad movie. Oh, so you want to see so that's photo- something to watch out. You want for. a photograph of a babe, and then you want to see that babe again on the back of the box oh, in a scene yeah, yeah. from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you Google her name, maybe. So or Stuart, just take a picture with your phone. You're saying you is what, what you actually want to see is a silhouette of a babe through some Venetian blinds. That sounds great. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to see a Shannon Tweed movie or something, <laughs> sure. So if you want a movie with night or eyes or night eyes in the title, um, like presumed sexual or something like that. That's, Sens- night, that's night eyes, too. Sensual. Innocence. I'll tell you something that often is in a good, bad movie, in my experience. Starring George Harrison. Uh, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> of the Beatles? Oh, George Harrison. You mean He's George writing ha- music, dude. <laughs> Not You're really. thinking George Hamilton. I'm not. But so George ha- George Harrison was in Night Eyes Two, presumed sexual, or was it was it uh, sensual innocence? <laughs> that not, not actually George Harrison of the Beatles. It's uh, George Hamilton and Rex Harrison merged. Yeah, it's Jorge Harrisonen. <laughs> um, I found that something that's in a lot of uh, good bad movies is long scenes of driving. <laughs> if okay. there if there are scenes where just a bunch of people are in a car driving somewhere and we see all of it. That is usually like, a precursor like to some bunny. some crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a treat at the end of that I'd movie. Say if there's, <laughs> oh, just like how there's how I describe just it. like how there's a monster at the end of this book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a monster at the end of that film. Let me tell you. Oof. I mean, not uh, a going to the internet. I mean, you, I mean, not a monster in size, but a monster. Take in. it easy on Chloe Savini, dude. <laughs> I feel like some of the some, she looks way better in person. <laughs> I feel like some of these tips involve video boxes, which are hard to see nowadays <laughs> since they're movies. Go back stories don't really exist the same way they did, but uh, I think if it's got ninja in the title, <laughs> yep. you're a lo- you're on the path. So that's there you a, go. That's some good tip. But I would say, look, it's there's so many more bad bad movies than good bad movies. You just gotta you just gotta be ready for a bad bad movie and take what comes. That's part of the fun is that the, when you find that rare amazing yeah. gem, yeah, you feel so good. It's such a rush. Let me like, tell you, though, it's, like, it's like yeah, it's like pulling a bank job wearing a president's mask or something. Yeah. Here's the, one last tip, though, if if it's a movie about um, uh, 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 a rock and roll band, 
uh, fighting uh, some sort of supernatural force. That's usually that's probably sign. pretty good. And if it's about twin bodybuilders who babysit <laughs> twin rich kids, then it's yeah. a good sign. So um, this next email is titled "Get Over Yourself, Elliot." Whoa! And it goes like this: By David, last name withheld. <laughs> wow! I had no idea that quote. Leo G. Mayer was a founding member oh, of MGM yep. Studios. This was pointed out on the, on the Facebook Since page. film school, I'd been under the misguided impression that Louis B. Mayer was actually that fellow's name. Good thing Dan had the Great White Pedant present on the Red Dawn episode. No, sorry, Great White Pedant present on the Red Dawn episode to arrogantly correct his minor mistake in calling the studio <laughs> Metro Golden Mayer with an equally egregious piece of inf- misinformation. No, it was a half-truth. <laughs> By the way, Dan, good luck and God bless with that knee, bro. Yours in Flopitude, Cuffy, last name with hell. Well, thank Cuffy? you, Cuffy. <laughs> so it's like a like a cartoon dog writing in to correct me about things? He's the, he's the baby version of Cuffs from the Look, film of the same name. Honestly, First off, that's a great idea. <laughs> Cuff, baby not, you wouldn't call it Lil Cuffs? Lil Cuffs. Cuff babies? Yeah. Now, you're right. I'm to- you got me totally dead to rights. I got mm-hmm. Louis B. Mayer's name wrong. You got me straight tripping, wrong. boo. I- <laughs> boo, I've been straight tripping ever since. My only explanation could be, hey, we're none of us perfect. I'm as much a hypocrite as anybody. And two, we had just watched Red Dawn, I believe, yeah. which had scrambled my brains with its boringness. <laughs> so I desperately hoped a man named Leo G. Mayer had existed. Uh, this next one is uh, titled Head of the Family Fan Review. After a lot of soul searching and write this? <laughs> after a lot of soul searching and repeated bubble clouds above my head of Stuart sternly looking down at me, I finally watched the head of the family. The opening scene, which was a still oh. frame of a house with oddly timed home alone music lasting about seven minutes, started putting up some warning flags for me. Until I met lead character Lance. What does Home Alone music sound like? <laughs> Lance? I totally hear it in my head right now. <laughs> Lance, the obvious character inspiration for what would later be called Joe Dirt, with a mixture of entrepreneurial exuberance and earnest na- naivete, would ultimately lead him to drop kicking a gigantic head down a flight of stairs <laughs> at the end of the movie. Oh no, he messed with the head. Bar none, my favorite scene. <laughs> Lance's charming use of the word retard. His penchant for silk pajamas, his incredible flowing hair wig, his belief that real money is in flammable shit, and the fact that most of his casual talk and marriage proposals happen during stockroom sex easily make him my favorite character. His real feelings for Loretta are intimately revealed to us when he describes that being with her is like, quote, fucking a firecracker. My only this real t- terrible. <laughs> my only I real t- like burns on my penis. <laughs> it's like my wedding vows all over again. <laughs> my only real yeah. criticism of the movie is that the head's family members are supposed to have some sort of superpowers, but I'm pretty sure that Otis's indiscriminate punching of receptionists don't qualify. <laughs> I'm also thinking of the guy with the huge eyes. Uh, I'm thinking that the guy with the huge eyes just had thyroid problems, and Ernestina's superpower just seems to be hot. In summary, that's I give it a eight. good, good review. Real life superpower there is. Yeah. Mostly for the generous dose of gratuitous nudity, and I plan on writing to Hollywood to request that the sequel actually be Pirates of the Caribbean-style Disney ride of the Head's Dungeon. Sincerely, Carson, last name withheld, you weirdos. Oh, Daily. It was Carson Daly. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks. Uh, I feel vindicated a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean... Like, somebody's finally... Somebody finally liked a movie recommended. Yeah, exactly. I don't get emails yelling at me... Trying to tear me down. I'm a lot like King Kong in that regard, you know? Like, I'm up there, and I'm just flying so high, you know? Like, yeah. Like, King Kong was flying. Yeah, nothing can go wrong. King Kong's got nothing on you, Stuart. So, in Training Day, was he his backstory was that he used to work with King Kong, and they had a fight or something? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, I know King Kong. In you, comparison to King Kong. King Kong was a friend of mine. Uh, and you, sir, are King Kong. This last letter is titled Greetings from Australia. And it's from... Good day. Good day from Australia, yeah. It's from Tom Cushing. First off, no, I'm not related to him, but I did like him in The Hound of the Baskervilles. Secondly, kudos on your fine podcast. He knew exactly what I was going to (laughs) ask. I recently discovered it via a certain hipster review site and have started working my way through your entire back catalog. Unfortunately, this gorging... What, Brooklyn vegan? What, I'm assuming it's going to be called MustacheBicycle.com. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, this gorging has left me with a slight problem. I'm very sensitive to accidentally picking up other people's mannerisms and accents, and my recent sojourn... They call me a bit of a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> my... Let's play a little game. <laughs> 
I will become you, and then I'll take your life. My recent sojourn Mate. at Flopper Island seems to have rewired some of my neural pathways. Uh-oh! So when I was in a car directing <laughs> <Uh-oh, kid>. my... <laughs> He's back! Uh-oh, kid! <laughs> the, the less popular sound effect character. <laughs> oh, it's an embarrassment of riches, guys. Yeah, why is Rich so embarrassed? <laughs> so he says... Uh, when I was in a car directing my friend home recently, instead of simply saying, What take- side of the road do they ride on over there? Uh, the middle. <laughs> Jesus okay. Continued. Come on, guys. Ups- the underside. <laughs> I don't know. Like, all I know is they are in spiky trucks uh, fighting each other for gas down there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, precious of- juice. <laughs> <laughs> motorcycles, uh, wrist-mounted uh, crossbows, and what have you. Um, he says, when I was in a- <laughs> When I was in a- <laughs> When I was guy and Precious Juice are two uh, film projects I'm working on right now. <laughs> they got a lot of Ayatollahs of rock and roller down there. Yeah. Continue. So when I was in a car directing my friend home recently, instead of simply saying, take Yellow Road on the left, as I intended, I instead made a series of rapid-fire references. Take the Yellow Road where they drive? Oh, that was Oz, I guess. Yeah, never yeah, mind. All for- checks out. I instead made a series of rapid-fire references from singing a few bars of The Wiz... Segging, segueing into Pinball Wizard by The Who and finishing with a one-man version of Who's on First and my best impersonation of Keith Moon. When I came out of my pop he culture fever, <laughs> my friend was confused and we were terribly lost. I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you know how to get from Footscray to Brunswick? I'm cold and we've run out of fuel. Cheers. P.S. Go Team Kalen. P.P.S. Yeah. Seriously, my situation is looking dire. Dire hard with a vengeance. Lady vengeance. Fuck. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's caught flopitis. Yeah. It's when you name things that are kind of half-related to other things. No matter how dire your situation, you still make references to the point of dying, I suppose. Yeah. A good day to die hard with a reference. Sure. Um, so I, we, we've, we've I gone. don't know where those what, places what, are, what, how to get between them. No, we've just, we've, thanks wait, for the letters, what, everybody. What's, what's wrong, Dan? I'm just, I'm, I'm worried we've gone super late. Um, Your hair is looking crazy right now. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the next segment rather probably... than McCoy Wellington hair talk? Because I know I, what happens next is you do just pr- brushing your fingers through I, each other's hair. I think I know what our audience wants. Yeah, social grooming. And it's descriptions the... of our hair. I want to thank everyone who wrote in. Thanks for the great letters, even the one correcting me, because you know what? i got to stay humble. Keep you honest, you know. Exactly. Uh, this is our last segment of the evening. And it's the one in which we recommend movies that we saw that we actually liked. Stuart, what do you have to say? Sure. So if you were considering watching A Good Day to Die Hard, stop, put mm-hmm. down your... Drop. I don't... <laughs> Collaborate <laughs> and listen. Um, so instead of doing that, you should watch one of three different movies. You okay. should either go watch Die Hard, uh, the original which would be Called Under Die Siege, <laughs> no. starring Steven Seagal as Casey Ryback. No. Uh, so if you like Under Siege in <laughs> Outer Space, you should watch the movie Lockout, you a.k.a. Space Jam. You should watch Lockout, it's fantastic. So, or if you're looking for the movie Under Siege but set in a hockey rink, you should watch Sudden Death, <laughs> starring, uh, starring JCVD, where he does, he does actually get on the ice and play a little goalie. So... Watch Under Siege. Uh, I'm going to recommend a film called Twilight's Last Gleaming, uh, directed by Robert Aldrich, whom you may know from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, you may know from The Dirty Dozen, or my favorite movie of his, Kiss Me Deadly. He also did the original Flight of the Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, he was a uh, a great uh, director of hard-boiled films. Mm -hmm. He didn't direct hard-boiled. No. Twilight's Last Gleaming is... That's the one with the babies, right? No, it's baby geniuses. It's maybe a second or ter- or third tier film from him, but it's an inter- an, an entertaining one. Uh, it has Burt Lancaster as a, a disgraced military captain who takes over a nuclear silo and threatens to start World War III unless the the government reveals the real reason that we got into Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of great uh, character actors like Charles Durning. And Burt Young, uh, Joseph Cotton's and old in it. Joseph Cotton's in it, and uh, it's an entertaining uh, 1977 political thriller, and it's got a lot of use of uh, split screens, which you don't see that much outside of a Brian De Palma movie anymore, but he does it very well. So that's what I recommend. I'm going to recommend, so what I kind of wanted out of A Good Day to Die Hard was kind of a sleazy action movie, and what we got was kind of a dull action movie. So I'm going to recommend one of the sleazier action movies I've watched in the last couple months, and that would be 
Full Contact, starring uh, starring Chow Yun Fat, directed by Ringo Lam, and this is your classic early '90s Hong Kong action movie in that everybody's yelling at each other, and there's a lot of dry ice smoke everywhere, and people just shooting each other for no reason. Uh, your basic story: a guy's friend gets in trouble with the mob, so the guy Chow Yun Fat has to help him. Lots of mayhem ensues, and there's a shootout in which, for no reason, you start getting bullet's eye views of the shots, and even when they ricochet off of things, there's sparks right in your face. Anyway, it's a uh, crazy, sleazy action movie with there's, you know, the the henchmen include a sexy lady who is constantly horny, and while they're about to run a heist and she's in a car with Chow Yun-Fat, she just starts masturbating, basically, (laughs) while they're waiting for the heist to start. (laughs) It is a ridiculously sleazy movie with some good action scenes in it. Dan's already queuing it up (laughs) on Netflix. So, full contact if you want action and sleaze. Uh, So, guys... Thank you for uh, coming over to my apartment and sitting in this unair conditioned room for an hour. Yeah, it's really hot. In fact, I should probably take these clothes off. Speaking Ooh. of full contact, <laughs> Stuart, fan fiction, start your engines. Uh, well, just we'll... kidding. We're gonna leave now. <laughs> leave our p- pants. <laughs> no, don't continue it. <laughs> so, for the fly, wait, wait, wait. where we're going, we won't need pants. <laughs> claws yeah. out eyeballs. That's from the uh, porn sequel, Cock to the Future. <laughs> wait, uh, why clawing out eyes? It's not Event Horizon. <laughs> event Cock Same Horizon. Event Horizon. I like it. I like it. So, yeah. th- thank you again for tuning in to the Flophouse for all your nonsense needs. I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. Boom, in the can. (laughs) The way you wear your hat. You're not wearing a hat. The way you sip your tea. No one's drinking tea. The memory of all that. The TV show all that? Oh, no, they can't take that away from me. They can with a lobotomy. The way your smile just gleams. Not smiling. The way you sing off key. Yes, Alex that's wants true. me to. The way you haunt uh, my dreams. Because I'm a ghost. Oh no, they can't take that away. Because you wronged from me, me, Dan. No, they can't take that away from me. That's the end. Yeah. Thank you. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs>